And welcome to Civil Discourse. I'm Jamie Wojciechowski. And I'm Marilyn Brown. And today we are back. So it's been a few weeks and we're excited to be back. And I actually wanted to start off by talking about something that I think has been um, a big topic of discussion over the last couple of weeks, especially and since the weekend, since the movie dropped on Thursday night. So I definitely want to talk about Black Panther. Um, I saw the movie twice and I totally want to see it again. I'm not somebody that like goes to the movies to see movies multiple times. Like I'll see something maybe once at the theater, but then usually I can wait. But this one, I had to see it again. And I actually really wanted to see it alone. And so I went last night and saw it again, um, by myself and just got so much out of it. So I just wanted to start off by asking you, have you seen the movie? And no spoilers at all for people who are concerned about that. We will definitely not be spoiling the movie, but more just talking about um, the impact on on us. So I wanted to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I saw it opening night. Uh, I went with a group of friends and, you know, I really, I really loved it. And I have kind of a uh, weird relationship with I guess, superhero films in general, um, because uh, I am a stunt performer. So uh, I watch it from a different lens, but also the superhero genre is not my favorite genre. Um, I'm more of a, I guess, traditional fantasy type of guy. So uh, it was interesting because I tried to, with with the, cultural importance of the movie i tried to step back and and just watch it uh it was interesting because at at times i was watching it merely for enjoyment and at times i was kind of having that analytical eye as a stunt performer and then other times uh i was having kind of analyzing it from the uh, political and social importance of it uh so it was really interesting the thing that i noticed the most about it um which i think again is coming from uh me as a producer and what i'm kind of trying to do in creating uh film is i have a production company and our production company is uh focused on um gender equal production and that's both in the filmmaking and the storytelling and our focus storytelling wise is that we tell um, fantastical stories where men and women are just equal. Um, gender is not really commented on. Uh, if a woman's strong, it's just because she's strong. And if if a woman's stronger than a man, no one thinks the man is is weak or, or not. It's just it's not talked about because you look at Wonder Woman, you look at Buffy, you look at pretty much every major women's action film where a woman is a lead and yes they're super strong but there's always they're always surrounded by men who are commenting and and women surrounded by women just people who are commenting on uh how weird it is for there to be a a strong woman and i think part of that is just where we are culturally and having the cultural commentary but what i loved about black panther is you had these kick-ass women who were just kick-ass women and everyone everyone accepted it there wasn't no one thought it was weird no one questioned it there was no commentary about it and i think the women actually had it felt like the women had a lot more fights and a lot more kind of strength or um 
I guess, moments of macho-ness than the, the men in this story did. It just seemed to be kind of a focal point. And maybe just because we're not yet used to seeing it portrayed that way, that it it pops off the screen more. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I I definitely think that the women stood out so much in this, in this film. And I think that you're right, that it, it was, it's multiple, very, very strong, just depth and multi-layered female characters that, that really, like you said, it wasn't this, this, this kind of marginalized thing of like, Oh, she's, she's strong. So she's kind of otherized or, or people are marveling, marveling at how strong the women were. It was just, that was just their role. And, and the way, the hero trusted all these women in his life and, and, and really just kind of, and that wasn't really a big deal either. It was just, that was just kind of a part of it. And, and also that there were multiple women that, that supported the, the, the main character. I think that, um, you know, that supported T'Challa. I really think that you may find one, but to find a whole kind of really army of, of mm-hmm. women supporting the 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 character and the the hero was really really remarkable and and just for me um the strength of the women again really stood out or just not even the strength of the women just the 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 roles of the women really stood out but also the beauty and the 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 focus that was that's really really put on black beauty in this this film in a way that we don't see it um, you know, this for me was really, really meaningful to see beautiful, dark skinned black people and black women with with short hair and no hair and, and shaved heads and and just just all the different. Um, you know, I mean, they, they did a lot of research. And so they had a lot of like really accurate um, garb of the different tribes and, and things like that. And so you see that in the, in the movie and some of these really, really beautiful scenes. And I, I just love that. Like there weren't any women that looked like me in the movie. I'm sick of seeing as, as the, the, the kind of safe, acceptable black woman, lighter skinned, you know, um, more European kind of features. I'm, I'm sick of seeing that. And that's really what we were given for a very, very, very long time. And still now, you know, and so I think I, I just love that, like, there was no, there was no space for that. This was, you know, this is an African country that has not been colonized. And so this is, this is a very, you know, this the Wakanda, just the, the, the beauty of Wakanda was so, so, so diverse and showing the diverse beauty in Africa itself and how this, this continent has so many different representations and, and, and images of beauty. We're, we're kind of shown one thing as far as what Africa and and African beauty is, is like. And so for me, that just, it was so, so meaningful on so many different levels. Um, And you know, to think about little girls watching this and to see that like they, you know, a, a you know, young, beautiful, dark skinned woman can see herself reflected and say, I am beautiful. And it, it doesn't, I don't have to look a certain way. I don't have to have this um, very idolized European version of beauty to be, to be considered beautiful and, 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 impactful and so i just really like for me it just it meant so much just in the representation 
um, piece. And I think representation in media is so, so important. And also just the roles, you know, you think about um, movies that are movies that are that are primary black black cast. And for a very long time, we were given a few different types of roles, a few different types of movies, um, you know, movies around slavery and, and kind of overcoming that kind of adversity. But to see ourselves in the future and to see, you know, this this it, it just was re- it's something that we're not really used to. And mm-hmm. so it's so, so exciting. And, and I love that, like you're seeing groups of, of people just taking kids to see it. You know, um, someone told me yesterday that that her her daughter's class, a couple of the parents just wanted to take all the kids to go see it over the weekend. And um, activists are getting together groups of kids and seeing this because it is important that you see yourself in every possible role. And so I think this is really kind of coming on the heels of a time when we really are because I think we're able to create more of our, our own spaces and use our own voices and, and that's being recognized more. So we're in this area where, where women's voices are being heard a lot more, people of color's voices are being heard a lot more. And I think it's really, really exciting. And so this film is just huge. And, and yeah, I could, I could go on for hours. <laughs> yeah. And I think uh, cu- culturally within the, the movie industry, the, the significance is, the, the industry has really told us uh, for the past few decades that the reason they don't make more bl- black film, but black centric film is because uh, it's not um, appealing to the mass public. It's only appealing to the small demographic is, is what they say. And uh, I think now they can't say that because... Uh, Black Panther has been such a success just across the board. And I think it was a, a success without whitewashing anything, right? It wasn't like a, a, a black cast that, that was really whitewashed, so that would be appealing to white people. It was the movie that the creators wanted to make and that the actors wanted to be in, um, that it just, it, it just proves that they were wrong and that that a good story um is appealing to everyone no matter really who it's about yeah yeah and you see that happening in in other films as well look at the success of girls trip you know that was a comedy Mm -hmm. and like the fact that a comedy did so 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 well um you know another example that that this idea that people don't want to see Black people as we are representing ourselves is is just so not true. And you think about that idea and it's kind of like, you know, it really it it, that old idea that that Hollywood had, it it doesn't really give people very much kind of credit or space to, you know, to be open. It, it, It kind of portrays America and Americans as extremely closed minded and. I mean, there's definitely closed minded people in the world and in this country for sure. But I don't think that that's the 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 norm, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think that 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 recognition that like that was, you know, that's an excuse. And so we can recognize that, like, we're pushing past those excuses and you see it happening in television as well. Um, And it's it's really it's it's exciting because I think it's proving, you know, and it's proving that I that 
that that completely wrong. You know, it's doing well overseas. Um, it's doing well in Europe. I mean, it's breaking records all over the place. And, and you know, and, and again, like you said, it's not watered down. It's not whitewashed at all. It is very much a black film. And, and, and that's important, you know? Yeah. I also think too, that uh, something that resonated with me was the, that it, it didn't shy away from, uh, commenting on our cultural racism Mm -hmm. but it did it in uh, a a very different way than i feel i've seen so i mean obviously that the media tries to kind of glorify i mean any issue and kind of create sides and and all these things and i think we see the very uh, heightened ideas of racism a lot in the media and in our entertainment but what i what I appreciated about Black Panther was that it was really much more about the, the subtle racism of a, really a, a king of a, a th- of what is perceived as a third world country and how that racism plays out of white people knowing this is royalty and, and this is kind of a political uh, figure and yet there's this subtle undercurrent of like well how could you have more technology than us and and all these all these uh just yeah subtle subtle things that i think are really the the bedrock of what uh racism looks like uh most of the time in uh, at least america mm-hmm. yeah yeah and it 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 commented on that very skillfully and it also commented on the relationship between and the the interplay between african-americans black americans who came to the united states through the slave trade and then african africans who maybe come to america or live in america or just africans in africa and kind of that that connection and some of the, the those relationships and so i thought that was really important and skillful as well um that that there was there was a lot of layers to the social commentary which is why i went back and wanted to see it again by myself so i could just really kind of dig in and 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 pay attention to some of those themes that like the first on the first watching i really was just kind of blown away by like literally how beautiful um of a film it is and so that really you know i kind of had to go back and like dig in later on the second watching to see things that really which just I was too in awe to really pay attention to, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then the, the director, Ryan Coogler, he's 31 years old and he's just, he's just absolutely incredible. And so really just being proud of, of what young black people are creating and, and bringing into the world. Like that's, that's exciting for mm-hmm. me, you know, yeah, was... and actually, Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish. I was just going to say, and, and, and actually, um, the shirt that I'm wearing, Color of Change, is an organization that um, they, it's a non-for-profit organization, and one of their areas, so they focus on four different kind of areas and in an integrated approach of, of racial and social justice, but one of their areas is media um, and media justice. And so I, I got familiar with them when I went to Afropunk um, in Brooklyn 
back in August and I found out just kind of more of what they're doing. And so part of their campaign is really working to create spaces for black people and people of color to really be seen in, in a, in a just way in the media. And so that kind of their, their organization along with um, this film and the, the, the new things that are coming out just really excites me for, for media and where we're going with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting because when I saw it, uh, it was primarily a white audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, just speaking to the people I was with after, one of the things that uh, without having kind of anyone of color to give uh, a commentary to influence mm-hmm. the the opinions, it was interesting because a, a, even I a little bit just initially right after was actually questioning um, if we had felt it had been whitewashed in any way, um, which is interesting. And then as I was analyzing it further, I think what makes it interesting and why people, why we were having those thoughts is because so in, in film, there's uh, there's types of characters, right? There's especially when you get into fantasy, when you get into comic books, like you can see, oh, this is that character in, in this thing. And this is that there's just roles that you fit within the the typical structure of uh, a comic book movie. Mm-hmm. And what I think Black Panther did very well was it used those roles and those characters um, just clearly from a different perspective. And so just it was interesting seeing those typical characters that we've grown up primarily seeing as as white characters just embodied through a, a different experience and a, a different culture and 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 i think so i don't even know what what i'm trying to say with it this it was just a, an interesting kind of uh perspective to me because it was very much um a a, a black film but it was also very much uh rooted in uh what the comic book genre has always been uh Mm -hmm. which i think gave it a very unique uh perspective Mm -hmm. if any of that makes sense i don't even know what i'm it was just a weird (laughs) yeah no that makes sense to me and i think that's what we've been wanting like we've been wanting we we have the same the stories are the same as far as kind of that outline and that structure and i think comic books for sure but also even just looking at the the structure of any story um you know any any fantasy any genre of story you know thinking about joseph campbell and his um hero's journey and so everything kind of has that that lens but then when you really dig in deeper i think for black people we've always had to put our own lens around what we're what we're given and kind of shift it to fit us. And so like, if I'm watching a movie when I'm a little girl and I'm watching something where there's a, there's a female hero, I have to kind of shift the things that she experiences to put it through my own lens as a black woman in this world and as a black girl in this world. And, and with this, we don't have to do that. It's Mm -hmm. just there. It's just kind of this rich, rich place that you can draw from and, and see yourself in, in so many different layers. Um, and I also think that it's important for people to have to 
to shift it as well. Cause I think that that's part of learning and that's part of, I think, developing empathy is being able to watch something that you don't see yourself in and how to figure out how to make that fit for you and kind of figure out how to connect with that. And so I think one of the things that, that I find with people who have experienced marginalization on any level is that you, a lot of times there's a lot more ability to empathize because you, you can see and you have to experience those different, different layers. Um, and so I think that that part is important. I'm kind of going off on a different tangent, but I think that that's important. And so I want white people to have to do that more, to have to kind of go into spaces and say, okay, well, this is totally not what I'm used to. And this is different. And how do I connect? Where, where do I see myself in this experience? Because that's how we understand each other more. That's how we have more of an ability to, to empathize and to have that compassion. And so I think that that's so, so important. And when you haven't had to do that, when you do, it can be kind of uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and it can be kind of difficult and it can be like, well, is this for me? How, how do I, where do I see myself in this? What, you know, what is this? Am I allowed to go? You know, I've, I've, I've heard people asking, am I allowed to go see this movie? And that just, to me is like, so it, it, it amazes me that that's kind of the, the thought is that like, it's not, that it's not for you because it, you, because it doesn't look like you, you know, cause right. again, it's kind of that experience is that we always have to do that, you know, and I've talked to black people who go, and, unless you're in your own community, you know, and, but in the outside world, and I've talked to black people who have gone to Africa and experienced that place where you aren't, you know, where you are, where it's a different kind of lens and there, and everything is in a, in a, in a black lens and, and how different that feels. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, the movie, I, I think again, going back to the, the common structure and the kind of storytelling that we're used to uh, makes that easy. Right. So it's easy to connect because it's not, and this is the, what I was talking about before, this has always been the, the Hollywood argument for not making more diverse content is that the, it's about the bottom line and money and getting viewers. And if you give, uh, if you show a movie about a, a, a black experience and black characters that, that are stories that typically white people don't experience ever in their their life they're not going to be able to relate that's kind of the the theory behind it but black panther almost forces i mean i don't i don't want to say forces but like i i don't know because i kind of i mean i we live in los angeles so we're kind of in a liberal bubble that's not uh i don't know if this would be the experience of a majority of white people or, or if it's just like an LA thing, but the people who I went with, there was no need to like, well, how do we, how do we relate to this? Or like, it just happened. It was just like, it just, the world was convincing and it was, it was something, there was something in it that we that recognized and it just was something you related to beyond, beyond racial issues or any of that and even i think the commentary helped as well because i mean it's not there are white people in the film and i think to the um i don't remember the characters but i think as you know an an ally and someone who cares deeply about racism the um the 
what's his name as an actor? I'm not even remembering. The um, guy who flies the plane at the end. He, I think that is very much a, a character to relate to for, like, for me, that was the, 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 the ally experience, right? Mm-hmm. Of wanting to be helpful, but also not knowing what your role is and kind of waiting and then being in a situation where you overstep your bounds and then had to had to realize oh i need to step back and and all these things and trying and i mean he was a good guy he was there for to help but it took him a while to kind of navigate how that works and how him being in uh, a situation where he isn't comfortable or, or doesn't know how to navigate how other people react to him um, I think this, so I think that was a great kind of commentary from the, the ally perspective. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, I think all of that is just a testament to a really, really great film. I think, mm-hmm. you know, beyond all of the, the cultural significance of it, it just is a really, really great film. Um, yeah. Just it, 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 you know, I, I haven't talked to anybody who's seen it that didn't feel connected to it in some way so Mm -hmm. and i think it yeah i think it too it's it's like a great example of how those stories need to be told moving forward and and just i think that genre of storytelling because uh my i think what's hard for me is working on those type of films a lot and being a writer is i see i have it's such a strong structure that it's very hard to surprise me when I'm watching them. I know everything that's going to happen before because it kind of follows the same path. And yes, things are slight differences, but I know exactly like, oh, this is when this is supposed to happen and this is when that's supposed to happen. So nothing surprises me. So unless there is some new angle or something else that's being explored that is newer than I'm not as used to be as used to seeing, um, it's just going to fall flat because it's predictable. Where in Black Panther, yeah, I knew everything that was going to happen before it happened, but it was such a unique experience that I was still engaged, even though I knew what was going to happen before it happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I totally see what you mean. Well, now that we've talked about that, um, I also want to kind of just check in and and find out because we haven't been we haven't been here for a few weeks how what have you been working on kind of how are you navigating your own mindfulness practice right now or there, is there anything different that you're doing kind of where are you um, at well uh i've been very busy um so my uh mindfulness practice isn't as strong as it it normally is but um i've been busy because uh a film i produced and acted in um uh, is starting a festival circuit. So we're doing a lot of uh, marketing and, and all, all this stuff. Um, and it's a project that is very meaningful to me. So uh, th- just working on that feels like kind of a mindful um, activity. Um, yeah. I'm just being, and it's, it's something new I haven't produced before. So it's also, um, uh, I think a big part of, of mindfulness for me and just my own Zen practice is trying to uh, see the world through kind of the beginner's mind. Um, and 
having experiences for the first time and I'm just having so many of them um, and, and figuring out how to navigate uh, situations I've never been into and kind of a world I'm not used to. Um, so yeah. it was just giving me a lot of insights and teaching me a lot about uh, myself um, in that process. So I feel like my work the past couple of weeks has really been my mindfulness practice, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, that's been your teacher, it sounds like, really, mm-hmm. over the last couple of weeks. That's, I feel like when that happens and you have that experience and it kind of organically happens that you notice that and you have that awareness, that's really what I find for myself that becomes kind of those the more impactful part of my practice. Not saying that my meditation and kind of the regular ritual practice isn't very important, but I find that like those moments when I'm going through life and, and, and there's a lot going on, but I'm seeing and kind of experiencing these beginner kind of moments more frequently. And I'm, and again, I'm aware of them. I think Mm -hmm. that really like cements it. Like it, it it really kind of helps me, me find a way to like continue to utilize that and to allow it to like nourish me and to kind of serve me. And so it's really exciting when you can, you know, experience it in your life. Right. And I, I think the only reason I'm really experiencing it through uh, my work is because I still am kind of taking the time to, to meditate and self-reflect yeah. um, because uh, when I'm learning about uh, my, myself, which is I've always known. And I think it's, it's a common thing for, for artists is this, am I really good enough kind of mentality or am I a joke type thing? And it's interesting because we're having a lot of success with this film. And yet when I take a step back to, to meditate and reflect, I always, those thoughts always come in. Yeah. Um, so a big part of my practice has been how do I get those thoughts and how do I not allow myself to um, sit in them because I'll be uh, prepping something for a a huge festival we got into, which is like a huge achievement. Right. And I'll notice like I'm depressed or I'm like anxious because I have this like, Oh, is this a fluke? Did I, did we just get out of here by happenstance? So they, is this a mistake? Are we just like one trick pony is like, you have all these things and just syndrome. Yeah, and it's just not not allowing myself to, to sit in there where if I didn't have uh, my mindfulness practice to reflect and realize I may be self-sabotaging myself um, much more than uh, I am because, I mean, I should be celebrating and enjoying the process as much as possible. And uh, it's nice to be able to notice the times that I'm not and stop myself yeah. um, and, and correct kind of to the best of my ability, correct that imbalance. Yeah. Wow. I, I love that. Cause I think it is that, that dance of like experiencing, but then reflecting and, and, and experiencing and reflecting and, and that that really has to be happening like in tandem. But I think a lot of times we want to like go full on into just doing mode, but we don't, take those moments. And I think at any point, no matter how busy you are, it's important to find that time to, to reflect because that really does um, give you the space to actually move in the direction. That's the most, the most effective, the most in, intention, the one where you're not, that's not fear-based. Um, mm-hmm. 
So that's a really, that's cool. And it's interesting because for me, I'm like moving into a place where I'm really pretty much most of 2018, the the end of 2017 and the beginning of 2018, I've been, I've pretty much like gone back to school um, in my mind, you know, I'm, I'm a therapist. And so I have my master's and I've been working for a while. And so I've been out of, of, of school, school since like 2010. Um, but just recently recognizing that the things that I, I been doing for my own healing, the things that I've been doing for just because they're the things that interest me, um, my spiritual practices are actually something that I've been feeling really drawn to incorporate into my work and, and, and really going into deep meditation over the end of last year, I realized that like, this is something that I want to do in a more intentional level, you know, and, and being able to be grateful that my, my day-to-day work of, of being a therapist is, is going well. And I'm, I'm able to kind of, um, meet my needs that way and, and do work that I really believe in, but also recognizing now it's kind of time to challenge myself and, and, and become more focused in, you know, again, areas that I've really been interested in my whole life. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've been interested in in divination and like reading tarot cards since I was a, a kid. Um, and so I'm now taking specific classes to, to do that and to actually share that with others because it's something that I've always kind of done on the side with with friends and with family, but never really done it in a more focused way and, and learning um, the the. Um, the history and, and all of that. And then I'm also, I'm now at currently, um, I've done my Reiki healer level two, which is kind of Reiki energy healing. And so that's something that I've been training for and I'm doing more. So it's like interesting because with all of that and getting excited about learning and going back to school, um, which is really, I think where I find I'm most effective. I find when I'm learning new things and kind of finding a way to apply that, I'm the most kind of passionate and excited about life. Um, I think it, I think a lot of it has to do with that beginner's mind. I think beginner's mind is really an exciting place. And I love, I love being there when it's something that I've given myself permission to do. And so I'm excited about that, but I also recognize there's a lot of distractions that I've been allowing to kind of be there. And I haven't really, I haven't really had to like be more intentional about getting rid of certain distractions. And so now I'm in a place where I'm recognizing like for the next, you know, few weeks, I really want to step away from um, social media and my, my time on Instagram and my time on Twitter and really get focused with how I want to utilize those spaces to create more of what I want to create in the world and, 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 sh- you know, kind of share more of a space that I, I feel more um, is in line with, with who I am and what I put, want to put in the world and less about just kind of distraction and less about that, like automatic, okay, let me check Twitter and find out what the news of the day is and just kind of going through that. Cause it's, it's really remarkable to me how much time, <laughs> you know, it can get mm-hmm. eaten away by just things that, you know, and it's hard because it's not like my, my, my Instagram feed isn't this like toxic negative space. I actually really like the things that I follow and I've got a lot of positive, you know, quotes and, 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 and positive things and, and healers and things that I follow and beautiful pictures and stuff. And so it's not like it's toxic where I need to like step away for those purposes, but it really is just a distraction and I'm not, and it, it's, it's, eating away a lot of time where I'm finding that I'm actually got, I have a lot of creative 
impulses and creative energy going on right now. And I'll, I'll have an idea and then I'll like go on my phone to maybe look something up. And next thing I know, I'm like in my Instagram stories and the idea is gone, you know? And so that's kind of where I'm at right now is, is excited about learning, but also recognizing I have to find and, and, and set more boundaries around my, my mind and what comes into my mind and what I'm allowing in, which is hard because distractions are yummy yeah it's interesting because uh this year i've noticed uh i didn't i haven't set out to do this i was doing a lot of the kind of i guess experimenting with social media and what was what i was aligned with social media wise last year and this year i i haven't been focusing on it as much but i've just naturally been using it less um and it's interesting because I just had an an experience maybe like two days ago where um, I've just kind of stepped away from uh, politics and 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 kind of uh, so social media activism. Um, yeah. In yeah. that I was just uh, I just wasn't finding it uh, useful for me or for my network very much. Um, it was just. Yeah, in my own life, I was finding that it was giving me a lot of stress. And then if I would post things that I really that were about spreading joy or spreading or spreading understanding or things like that, I was just a happier person. Um, So that was kind of I just naturally started focusing on that of uh, not sharing things really unless they were inspiring and and positive. And some of them are positive. politically motivated but through a a, a positive lens as opposed to um a a negative one or or complaining or or trying to change people's minds and with the uh recent school shooting and i don't want to go into this too much but um i found myself momentarily kind of sucked back in um and feeling like i wanted to comment and i did and i instantly regretted it um and it's not necessarily that uh because i've had people say to me things like oh well if if you're letting that get to you then you're letting them win because you're not standing up and and all these things and i i for me it's not that it's just that i found a better way to um communicate and i think um uh, sharing positive stories i just feel like it it's it's so much easier to find that mutual understanding and and change minds and i just watched i shared it in our facebook group um an old video of mr rogers um trying to get trying to get funding from the senate and who he was talking to on the senate was very it was uh i think nixon at the time who was trying to cut all funding for um, public broadcasting and he literally just it was five minutes of just positivity and and all the the positivity he was bringing into the world and how we could help kids and and what they would learn and the, and the messages he's trying to get through and you just saw the the senator just change in that instant because wow. he was a little combative at first and Mr. Rogers never went there he just went into this is the world we're trying to create with the uh, 
programming we're we're making and how we're trying to help kids and just the constant positivity you just saw it changing someone and i see that more and more and i see it on on facebook like if i post a thing about uh, gun control and how upset i am blah 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 yeah i get tons of likes of people who agree but then i get tons of angry people as well where if i show a positive message of someone within gun control sharing their experience or whatever and it's not politically motivated i'll get a lot of likes and i'll get people who normally get really angry messaging me being like that really changed how i thought about that issue yeah yeah so i i just see it as a more uh positive way and effective way for me to 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 just impact the world and bring myself Mm -hmm. um self-care um Yeah. Plus it, yeah, it, it takes away my desire to just be on there. Like I see something nice and I, I share it and that's it. If people comment, I might have a nice little conversation back and forth as opposed to I put the political rant and then someone comments and then I have to put another political rant and they put a political rant. And you're just locked in this three hour thing of of point. And so much of it, I always find it every time I stop myself and finally like I'm done. It's like no one's listening to each other. We're just literally just putting whatever our preconceived talking points are to have them out there so the other person doesn't have the last word and it's just not it's not productive in in any way right and then what do you have to do afterwards to like deal with your own energy because you've been like consuming that negative and you've been going back and forth and so i find for myself if i get into those like back and forths which is pretty rare but like if i do or or even just read something because my thing is i won't really I won't really get into it, but I'll read down the comment section. And mm-hmm. so like, I'll read something, some provocative post that somebody who I really, you know, believe in maybe follow somebody that I follow and, and, and believe in their work, like an activist on Twitter, for example, and I'll read their post and I'll like agree with it. And then I'll start to read down and I'll start to read <laughs> the negative comments and the trolls and the bots and, and, and all of that stuff in the back and forth. And that feels so gross to me like I can feel it in my stomach when I'm consuming that negative stuff and even if nobody's talking to me even just the fact that I'm reading it even Mm -hmm. just the fact that I'm taking it in and disagreeing with the the ridiculous statements that someone may say like I still find that then afterwards I have to go and like cleanse myself of that negative energy because it's it's in me now and so so yeah I think that like for me finding that like my engagement with social media, I find it more nourishing when I'm just able to share like things that are healing, things that have been helpful tools for people. And so that's really kind of where my focus is going. And and I um, actually over Valentine's week. So last week, um, a friend of mine and I, we, we ended up co-hosting an um, Instagram challenge where we did, it was called sit for self-love. And so it was a self-love meditation challenge and each day we came up with a different post and a different um prompt of of what to do to to spend some time in meditation and then do something nourishing for yourself some sort of self-care ritual and actually that really enlightened me in how much i want to do more of this more Mm -hmm. of these kind of positive spaces because i've had ideas and i've thought about things like that but then i think "Eh, are people even going to really see that on my instagram like are people even going to want but it's like well no this is what i need (laughs) you know this is what i want to share and what i find helpful and and 
this is what I want to put out in the world. So now I'm kind of finding like I would like to do more of that and more kind of intentional, creating more of an intentional healing space and that that's the contribution that I can make and and not allowing myself to get caught up in the distraction of it because then I'm not being nourished. But then yeah. if I this way, it's it's positive for me. It's positive for what I'm putting out in the world. So it's kind of that that it's all, you know, I, I can't find any negative, you know, negative impact from that. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I think the more you uh, focus your social media through a lens, the easier it is to kind of come back when you have a slip up. Because uh, mm. before the uh, presidential election, uh, before the primary and all that, before everything became political all the time, uh, my primarily focus, and this was never intentional, I was just in a very spiritual place at the time. So it was all very positive. I was constantly sharing motivational quotes or yeah. mindfulness quotes, uh, videos that really inspired me. It's just what I did. And I, I remember a lot of people who I didn't know well, but family, friends, and, and stuff that I followed, when I would see them, they would always comment about like, oh, I wake up in the morning and my f most exciting thing is to see what you posted. And it would always just make me feel good of like, oh, I'm actually affecting people by the way I post. And it was the first time mm -hmm. uh, I thought about it. And then the election started kicking up and things just went to, to hell. <laughs> like, I just got so political and kind of so swept up in it. And afterwards like i sat down and was like well clearly social media affects us so drastically and intimately that i want to go back to the time when i felt aligned so i stopped posting about uh political stuff and we talked about this on a, a podcast i think a, a year ago um yeah i really started making uh on facebook specifically um you can see first and just making sure that the, the profiles that were inspiring me were the ones I was seeing um, and that I was focusing on sharing content that was inspiring and positive. And what helps me now is, yeah, I'll have lapses, of course, but uh, what stops me is that I'll go to my wall for a minute and I'll see something positive. Right. And I'll, and then that'll trigger me to be like, what am I doing? Like, and I always, I my for me, my, my wall is not a public space. So, uh, it's a mindful space because it's part of my self care journey, my, my, my Zen journey. So I almost always, once I have the religion, delete the post that wasn't mindful because I just don't feel like it needs to be there. Um, and, I'll delete it and replace it with something positive. And that instantly puts me kind of back into a, a mindful place. Yeah. Uh, so, and that was nothing I ever did intentionally. It was just kind of the system that naturally happened. Um, so the more I started to engage with social media mindfully, the more social media would help me correct any imbalances that were occurring um yeah. on social media yeah that makes sense because yeah. even with like uh, everyone i think you see that post you like and then you start looking at the comments right and then i'll get to a point where i'm just like oh my god i just can't read this anymore and i go to my newsfeed, and then there's something positive because i've set it up 
that the first things I see are positive and it instantly I, get, gives me perspective. It doesn't necessarily give me a complete shift where it's like, now I'm happy, but I, I'm able to start the process of letting that negative ne- negativity, negativity go because I've been reminded in the moment. That was a lot for today. <laughs> that was a lot for today. We started off like, what are we going to talk about? Yeah. <laughs> Which always, I think, ends up, I feel like that when we don't have a plan, we end up with right. a lot. So, all right. We'll see you guys soon. Bye.